How do we anchor our soul into our body and onto this earth to become the living future now with the wisdom and insights needed to negotiate and inform these changing times? Welcome to Pioneers of the New Earth. I'm your host, Sarah McCroskey. Everyone. Today our broadcast is called Growing Our Emotional Body. I think we just have to face it that our culture really doesn't hold much room for our emotional body, for the emotional body in general. It's kind of considered to be a primary human frailty or a source of reactivity and uh, destruction. Consequently, we've been left to navigate our untamable emotional body with little respect or understanding for its nature. Cloaking this inevitable quality of human existence in shame muffles a fundamental source of vitality, personal power, and connection. It also silences our sacred shit detector. So let's explore this with the reverence and compassion it deserves. But first, let's get here fully, soul and body into earth with a grounding. So if you'll just take a couple of breaths and close your eyes. Get comfortable in your chair. And just take some deep breaths into this beautiful body of yours. And we're going to use a tool, a rose grounding tool from Jim Self, just to get us here and kind of in our own. Okay. Joe, is there something you want to say before we go? Hey, Sarah. It's me. It's Joe. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? What was that? Joe Camellia? Yep, that's me. Good. Good to have you here, darling. We're going to just do a grounding. I And then I'm going to pull in a few, I'm going to make a few comments, and then I'll be um, opening up for calls. So um, if you you have something to say, just dial in in a few minutes after we've kind of gotten here. Okay, great. I will. All right. Good to have you. Hear your voice. So thanks. So if everybody can just, again, take a couple of breaths, get into your body. Yeah. And we're going to use this rose grounding tool from Jim Saul. So if you would just bring a big red rose in front of you, just imagine a big red rose right in front of you. Yeah. And give this rose the command to... Bring in all the energy where you may, your own energy that you may have left here and about might be in a good book. It might be somewhere in your home. It might be in a conversation you've been having. Any place where you've left your energy, 
out in the park, glued to the TV, any place you may have left your energy. And just ask this rose to collect your energy up and then bring that rose in front of you and just ask the rose to break into a million pieces, returning that energy, your energy, back to you. Clear, neutral, just returning all of your energy back to you. Good. And then imagine another rose in front of you. You can make it any color you like. And ask this rose to take any energy out of your body or your field that doesn't belong to you. Just allow that energy to just move out into this rose. Anybody else's energy that might be in your space. Anything that doesn't belong to you. And just let that rose collect up that energy. And then give the rose the command to break that up into a billion pieces, sending those energies back to whomever they belong to with loving intent, neutral, back to them. Good, and take a couple of breaths. Notice if that feels a little clearer. Yeah, and then we're just going to drop a a stream of energy, a a line of energy from the base of your body, the base of your torso, and the bottoms of your feet, down through the floor and down into the earth, through the various layers of the earth, the stone and the sand and the magma all the way down to the center of the earth, the iron crystal core there in the center of the earth. Yeah, and just make a nice connection to the earth there. Notice how aware she is of you. Right, and making that nice connection just Bring your awareness and your attention and that energy. Just start drawing it back up toward your body. Up through the different layers. Past the water table. Through the floorboards, wherever you may be. Gently drawing it up through the bottoms of your feet, filling your legs and your hips your belly and your back, up through your chest and shoulders and down through your hands and arms, that beautiful golden green energy of the earth. Just allow it to fill your neck and your head. And then imagine a line of energy coming out the top of your head And just allow it to move out through the ceiling, out past the treetops and the cloud cover, 
out into space and past the moon, seeking a source of light. It could be a star, it could be the sun, could be a place you came from, a source of energy, a source of light. Good, and just connect to that source of light. And again, feeling how you're known, you're recognized as part of this holy creation. And then draw that energy back down towards your body. beautiful light energy and just let it come back through deep space back past the moon back through the atmosphere and down past the treetops coming gently, gently, gently back in through the top of your head beautiful source of opalescent light. And just allow it to fill your head and your neck, your shoulders and your arms, your hands and your chest and your belly, your back and your hips and your legs. And just allow these two energies to join in your heart, co-mingling in your heart, earth and sky. Yes. And then just imagine all of us in a big circle, people who are here on the call right now, people who might be listening in the future, all of us gathered in a big circle. And just allow yourself to gently connect with the hearts of all the beings here. Welcoming a heart resonance, soul recognition, presence right here now. Good. And then let's invite in our unseen friends to just potentiate space and get even more powerful and magical for the benefit of all. Unseen friends of 100% light and love. Good. And again, takes a few breaths into your body. And when you're ready, feel free to open your eyes. So welcome again, everyone. And as a reminder, as we get started here, I just want to ask you to enjoy what resonates for you about what I'm going to be offering and sharing here from my direct experience. And anything that doesn't, you don't resonate with or it doesn't, I'm not asking you to believe anything. You don't have to. Uh, you know, if it doesn't resonate for you, just drop it. Because this is really all about, and that certainly 
the energy of the new earth is the energy of being in our own inner authority. So, see for yourself, try things on, be curious, and um, and later on I'm going to be opening up the lines and um, giving you a chance to share your experience or ask any questions. I'll just give you the number right now, actually. It's, and Joe already had the number, evidently. <laughs> the number is... Um, 888-627-6008. Again, 888-627-6008. And so we're talking about our growing our emotional body here. And I think everybody's probably having the direct experience of um, how, mu- how much emotion there is being tossed about right now. It's um, we really got a lot going on, you know, a lot of stirred up with our common reality here of um, this whole um, COVID thing and the lockdown and everything that's going on. And, you know, we've all heard the phrase uh, that that emotion is energy in motion. And, um, you know, that's kind of a common phrase. And um, the key being, though, the motion part, um, because it's super important for our emotional body to be in flow. Um, the energy is really meant to be uh, dynamic and lively, and a real source of information for us about um, our experience of life, um, both internally, and also um, our environment. And uh, when it gets shut down or negated, it can really stagnate. And we can wind up having pockets of emotional reality that are literally at different ages. And um, when we don't have an opportunity to really experience our emotional flow, um, those parts of us sometimes just don't grow up. And um, and then we can wind up uh, really um, getting triggered to different ages and being very reactive from uh, parts of ourselves that, that really um, don't match our current age or even the way we, we feel currently, and, um, and we can wind up feeling really vulnerable in our emotional body uh, as opposed to feeling the power of our emotional body and, and the truth and recognition of, of what this 24-7 data stream is telling us uh, right now. So in a dominant Western culture, and unfortunately, or, well, it seems that the Western culture seems to dominate most of the world, um, you know, we've been taught to value externalized action and results and the accumulation of things over our inner landscape of what's informing our actions and what our values are and what we hold true. 
And we haven't gotten very many tools to even track with our constant emotional data stream. So in flow, our emotions kind of tell us what we're experiencing inside and out about our own well-being, our perceptions, about our environment, and in a free, imaginative, subtle way, when we really feel safe, we get all sorts of cues about how we interface with all of life, nature and the seen and the unseen. And our emotional body and flow is deeply connected to our energy body that literally tracks everything. Our energy body is tracking all the time. It tracks everything with a refined attunement beyond what any computer or mechanical instrument could do. In fact, most of those uh, instruments were created in an attempt to even try and grasp the power of the human subtle body and our sensory capacity. We are way more tuned than, than the highest, most refined instrumentation. And yet we're not taught to honor that. We're actually taught to dismiss it or to feel that it's weak. So, you know, what happens to an innate skill set like that and this 24-7 data stream, it cannot be shut off. It is part of this truly amazing body that we have. So what happens when we're taught to disregard it or disparage it? When we belong to a family and a community and a culture where we're asked to deny or go against our own intuitive body-based wisdom. Well, mainly we lose touch with ourselves and we begin to give our authority away. We begin to imagine that somebody outside of us knows more about who we are and what we value and why we're here than we do. So when we have a feeling that's experienced and moves through, you know, the, the feeling that is in flow and experienced disappears. Part of the reason why, you know, sometimes I do energy work, uh, you know, for uh, with clients and stuff. Sometimes people go, you know, God, you know, we're releasing all these old impacted negative emotions, you know, that got stuck, you know, what about the good ones, you know, why don't we hang on to the good ones? Part of the reason is that when we have a positive emotion that comes up and flows through, we're glad to experience it. We fully open to a positive, joyful, wonderful experience, and we experience it. And it flows through and it disappears. It's only the, the feelings that we're unwilling to experience or for some reason could not be present to 
that get stuck. And they get stuck in our energy body. And over time, those things can accumulate in a way that causes blockage to the energy system and begins to interfere with the flow of signals and oxygen and nutrients to the tissues. And so we can wind up with uh, physical ailments. We can wind up with repetitive uh, emotional patterns and um, along with limiting beliefs that we might create out of a out of an um, experience that didn't get fully processed. And a large part of why that happens and why it's such a dominant thing that occurs, at least currently, is because we've gotten so much negative messaging about our emotions. We've been told either don't have them, or if you do have them, then you're invalid, and um, or... Uh, uh, you know, don't don't have an emotion that's contrary to to you know uh, the the conventional wisdom or what someone else would like you to feel. And um, you know, again, it's part of our conditioning. And our parents got the same messages, and their parents got the same messages. It's been uh, a part of the you know, however you want to look at it, it's been a part of the program. Uh, for a long, long time, and it's really part of the social conditioning. And um, if people can't feel their emotions and don't really know what their internal compass is telling them, um, and, you know, they just wind up being in a pretty uh, disempowered position. If they're told uh, to deny their own emotions and then follow somebody else's um, instructions and ideas, you know, people wind up um, really being uh, disenfranchised to a large degree. So again, you know, it comes down to us really tossing and examine, examining and tossing the social conditioning uh, that tells us that we shouldn't even have emotions and beginning to really drop into and experience the power of our emotions and, and, and the validity of our intuitive hits and, um, and honoring the navigational system that our emotions really are about how we feel about things, how we interface with things, what's real and what isn't, what's true and what's not. It really gives us our own sense of just, it's our shit detector. It tells us what's real. Now, one of the things that can happen because we have been taught to deny our emotions and we haven't been given a lot of tools or skills about being with ourselves and really knowing our interior landscape what can happen is that we start to have kind of a meta conversation about our emotions. Um, we talk about our emotions um, 
like a story about about it rather than living and experiencing our emotions and maybe sharing them or cooling other people in about them but not um, not being afraid of our fear or not feeling shameful about our sadness or not having like a two steps removed from the actual experience kind of relationship with our emotions. And then that can just, you know, devolve into a lot of drama and a lot of churning and looping that, that isn't really the, the, uh, the life-giving force that our emotions really provide. So we got to get a lot more friendly about them. And and I would say that the the, the core thing that we need to pierce um, culturally, individually, and in families is um, the shame. Uh, shame is is really um, the thing that's running our world, as far as I can tell. Um, whether the shame. Um, causes people to, um, you know, tends to go in two ways. People feel, feel the shame of their emotional body, their own direct experience. They got talked out of it, whatever. And so people tend to fall into one of two camps. Their, their shame becomes like a toxic shame, and they become super defensive and, um, you know, are going to hurt you before you hurt them. They're going to, they're going to, you know, being a pretend that they're strong and uh, capable, but are really coming from a very cornered place of defensiveness, and they're you know hurling Molotov cocktails uh, to keep everybody away, but with no capacity to drop in and actually see what's going on, where's the pain come from, compassionate recognition and sharing with someone else who can hold space so they can regather themselves and reclaim their their beautiful nature. So there's that kind. You know, we've got a president who's exhibiting that behavior pretty well. And then we've got, um, you know, people who who just, uh, with the same shame, uh, kind of collapse and and feel like they're, they're... they lose their power to their emotions. It's like they, they feel like, yeah, I'm a weakling. You know, I've got emotions. I'm a victim. Um, they, you know, they don't, uh, they, again, with the shame and not being able to share with the trusted other and really be gotten for uh, the experience that needs to be dropped into and healed. Um People wind up feeling very isolated and like it's only them. And, uh, again, uh, the emotional body just doesn't really grow up. So I would say shame is the first first thing in the way. And the only way I've ever known that for shame to be healed is to um, find a trusted other who can hold space. And then share what you're ashamed of 
That's usually the first thing in the way. And the beauty of that is, you know, you got to choose somebody who you can count on. But the beauty of that is, you know, you say this thing that you feel so horrible about or you think defines you or whatever that you've been holding against yourself. And you you realize in the eyes of that other person that they still love you and that it's okay. And that they saw you in that vulnerability and they still love you and care for you. And you still belong. You're not going to be kicked out. And you're accepted. And then it just starts to... It doesn't even take long. You just start to heal. You just start to heal. So... um, the only other thing I'm going to say before we open for some some uh, reflections from y'all is, um, you know, our our feelings are are also our own interpretation, um, and it's important that we recognize that that our feelings are. Um, are our own interpretation and um, our sense of the world. That's why we want them to not be distorted or out of date or, or you know, based in um, experiences uh, when we were too little and didn't have any resources. You know, um, because sometimes what can happen is and, and you can find this when, when, when you find yourself um, kind of in an emotional loop where you're just looping the same content over and over and over. Um, a lot of times when that's going on, it, it's actually stemming from a belief. And um, if we have, a lot of times when we go through something that was difficult and we didn't really experience and it, experience it and it got stuck in our energetic body, a lot of times it's part of the coping mechanism of just trying to get through something like that. We um, create a belief at the time of that event. And generally when we create a belief like that, we're doing it to protect ourselves. We're doing it so that if, should that, you know, kind of out of the expectation that whatever happened is likely to happen again. And the next time it happens, I don't want to get all upset about it. I want to kind of know it's coming. So we create a belief that's limiting. But at the time, it looks like we're just telling the truth about, you know, that thing. You know, if it's, you know, getting bit by a dog, you know, dogs are mean, you know, or dogs are scary. Um and and when we create a limiting belief like that, it tends to recreate the same emotional landscape over and over again. We tend to draw in experiences that match our belief. When you have a belief, it basically creates a lens on your world, and you only see what's consistent with the belief. You do not see what is everywhere else. So if you find yourself in kind of an emotional churning thing where you're doing a repetitive thing, 
it can be very valuable to um, ask yourself, um, what would I have to believe to be feeling this way? What would I have to believe to be feeling this way? Another valuable question can be when you're feeling, you know, you've got a lot of emotion going on. A valuable first question can often be, especially in an environment like our world right now, where there's a lot of emotion, a lot of hot potatoes being thrown around. Um, it can be really valuable when you have a, a big emotion to, first question, is this mine? You know, because sometimes it isn't. And especially, you know, if you, grew, if you grew up in a family where you were the one who, you know, the designated feeler for the whole family, but, you know, invalidated for being emotional anyway, you know, you might find that you're processing other people, you know, you have a tendency to pick up other people's emotions and, you know, to try and figure out what's going on with them to sidestep any conflict or, you know, we, we all come up with strategies. Um so that can be really valuable. Is this mine? Yeah. So let's open up the phone lines and see if anybody's got anything they want to share. Um, would totally love to hear um, your perspective, what's going on currently, um, and and how do you um, navigate um, and honor. Navigate with and honor your emotional body because uh, it's not going anywhere and it's a super valuable, super, um, it's, it's where we're alive. You know, if we start to stop on that thing, we could become more numb and more stagnant. And um, it's certainly an ongoing process for me. So um, the number again, 888-627-6008, So We'll give people a chance to type up if they want to. Um, please just let us know your first name and where you're calling from. And in the meantime, let me just see what else I was going to. I'm going to say here. Um, if you do, you know, do kind of examine, kind of look into this idea of having a belief that might be uh, generating a lot of. Feelings that you know just keep looping around. Um, what you can do when you find that belief, you know, it's good to just get clear about it. And generally speaking, it's going to be limiting. Um, but when you find that belief, what you can do is just an energetic and a very easy thing to do. Once you find what that belief is, just put your hands to the side of your head and just unscrew both sides of your head. Just as if you're you're unscrewing that belief right out of your brain, right out of your mind, right out of your body, 
and just let it come out. Unscrew it from the sides of your head and just let it come out. Just draw it out each side. Yeah, and then just throw it into a candle flame or into just out the window into the sun. And just let it go. And a lot of times we hold these beliefs in common so you can even, you know, invoke the clearing of that belief for you and anyone else who wants to clear it. And just let it go. And then give yourself a moment to create something new. Something that's more current, something that you really, really do believe in or that just leaves a lot of space for um, for your natural power and just a, a much more vast perspective on things. And create that new belief and just say it out loud and guide it in through the top of your head and breathe it down into every single cell of your body. It's a very, very clear way that the body receives the message of that change. It's, it's almost like ritual in that the body really gets it when we do practice like that. And it's super easy and it's super powerful. So anybody got anything they want to share? Any any tools, any ways they've learned to honor and be with their emotions? Any any clear um, examples of being with your emotions and the value they provided? I'll share a story of my own, um, and I and I realized even just in the last few days just how key this this experience was for me uh, as a little girl. It was like a defining moment um, when I was uh, about four years old. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night, and there was an ambulance in our driveway. And I was in the upstairs bedroom. So I was looking down on the driveway. And there was an ambulance with the lights and the sirens and the whole nine yards going on. So I'm looking out the window. And and I see my mother being taken out of the house on a gurney and put in the ambulance. And then the ambulance, you know, sped away. And, And I was like, what the heck? And my brothers and sisters, you know, were right there at the window. We were all watching this happen. And then we were just kind of shuffled off to bed, and we went went to bed. And the next morning, um, the next morning, my my dad and my grandma um, told um, told all of us that um, what had happened is that my well, they just said that my mom had gone away to a fat farm, and this was like back in the 50s, totally disparaging term, 
But, you know, women used to, you know, would go away for a week or two to a place to lose weight, like a, not really a spa, more like a some sort of a boot camp sort of diet prison, but um, they called it fat farm. And, um, and anyway, my dad and my grandma um, told us, you know, uh, well, mom went, mom's gone away to a fat farm. And I was like, what? So I asked questions. I was like, well, what about the, you know, what about the, you know, ambulance? I mean, what about what was going on last night? Like, what, what, what? And I was basically just shut down. It was like, we do not want to go there. And, um, you know, basically they just, you know, they just weren't going to go there. And um, all my brothers and sisters kind of just nodded. And everybody went along with the story. And, um, you know, I've been present at other times where my mom really was packing a bag and going to one of these places. So I knew that this was not that. And um, and everybody just nodded and went along. And I just remember, and I was four years old, I just remember going, I know exactly what happened in my direct experience. I might not know all the particulars, but I know Something was seriously wrong, and now my mom isn't here. And I was, I was told, you know, that she's, you know, they assured us that she was okay. So I knew she was at least alive. Um, but I knew in my own direct experience that something was really not right. And I would, and and I just absolutely committed at that moment. I am never going to go against my own direct experience. And whatever my own direct experience tells me, I am going to hold as the truth. And I'm not going to necessarily try and have conversations with anybody else about that or um, open that up for discussion. But I am going to track reality based on my own direct experience. And nobody is ever going to talk me out of that. And I tell you, I'd say it's a lot of time for myself. You know, now that I'm, you know, in my 60s, I can just say that, you know, I would have spent years and years, decades, uh, trying to reestablish my own inner authority had that not happened. And, you know, it's, it's a kind of a grim way to, to learn that. But I tell you, I'm really glad that I learned that at four years old. And, you know, it, 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 it was a suicide attempt on my mom's part. And, you know, that was you know part of, you know, the reality of the deal. But, um, but it was super important for me to, to just even though it was a stark realization to just really come to that in a visceral way. And it was like, I never went against that. I didn't talk much about what I knew, but I certainly didn't go against it. And um, so, you know, it really is the core of our inner authority, our being able to know how we feel and what we value. Because what we value generally um, has a lot to do with how we feel and how we experience things. And we know very clearly when we get angry that something didn't work for us or that a boundary got 
crossed or we blew by our own boundary and went along. Uh, but, you know, our, our emotions really tell us on a moment-by-moment level uh, what's going on, how we're experiencing things, and how we're interpreting things. So anybody out there? Anybody got anything? Joe, what about you? <laughs> no pressure, I'm kidding. Um, but anyway, it's 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 really about um <laughs> Joe, go ahead. Hey Sarah. Hi. Hi. Oh man, I can barely hear you. I'm trying to figure this out on my phone. Um Oh, okay. Can you hear me better now? Oh yeah, that's better. Yeah, it's a little better now. Okay. So, I am uh, in California now, um, okay. and I'm dealing with family stuff, you know. And wow. <sighs> okay, we'll keep. What does that say? Thanks. That uh, saying of Ram Dass: uh, If you think you're enlightened, okay. go visit your family for a week. Right. Right. Yeah, okay. Not that I thought that I was enlightened, but holy cow. I've been with my family for a long time now. I've been in California since November. And uh, yeah, my father died in March, and we're still dealing with, you know, trying to have a funeral and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And, wow, I just, I wish I would have learned that at four, you know, what you were saying. <laughs> um, I tell you, it was... It was kind of brutal, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm having so many experiences with my brother that uh, I just, I I find I just kind of check out because it's so different than how I am now, you know? Um, And I'm really, you know, I'm having, I'm, Pretty much daily, uh, I'm living in the same house with him and my mom, and pretty much daily I, I tell myself, okay, that's his experience. That's his experience, you know. That's, that's how he handles things. And um, it, it's just really interesting, you know. I, I find I'm following my guidance on it, but I'm all about how I feel about things, but I'm just so biting my tongue, you know. Um, that that whole idea of experiencing your feelings is so not accepted in my family, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, they so think I'm damaged and flawed, and I need help. And when I start to cry, I mean, you know, and it's just it's a trip, you know. Um, it's it's a trip. I I am still trying to navigate that. Uh, it's yeah daily i i think about what what you're talking about you know and um it's just interesting i i don't really have a whole lot of uh i'm i don't really i guess i don't really have a question for you uh it's just a statement that it is interesting and 
I'm learning how to navigate it. At one time, right before my father died, uh, he kept telling me not to cry and to just stop it, you know. And uh, one early, early one morning when he was suffering, uh, trying to make himself coffee, but insisting on still doing things, he, he had lung disease, so he couldn't breathe. So everything, every time he moved an appendage, it, it just exhausted him. And, um, but he wouldn't accept any help, you know. And, and I would stand there, and I wouldn't even realize I would get teary-eyed a lot of the times, you know. And a lot of the times I was very yeah. strong about it, but at, at times, you know, I, you know, I, and finally, one morning, I just said, "You know what, Dad? I'm going to cry because I need to cry." You know? Yeah. And he accepted yeah. it, and he he tried to. I think he kind of tried to, but he just. I know that was of the worst. I mean, it was really hard for him. Um, but even then, I was just like, you know, there's nothing wrong with me crying. And I'm sorry if it makes you feel uncomfortable, but, you know, nobody's even given me a hug around here anymore. Everybody's trying to act like everything's normal, and this is so far from normal. And, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Really great reflection. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and sometimes, you know, our family is not the place we you know, a lot of times that's the place we got all these messages, so they can't. It, sometimes it's it's the last place where we're going to get a friendly reception to, you know, <laughs> what's going on with us. Um, so, yeah. you know, reach out to, to, to other people and, and friends who you know can get you, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a lot of overhead of, you know, losing your dad and, and trying to, you know, make arrangements in this crazy environment we're in, um, yeah, reach out and get gotten by somebody because <laughs> crying is the most normal response to any of that. And a lot of times people want to shut you down because then they're going to start crying and they don't know what to do with that. They're so ashamed of their own feelings. So, you know, sometimes you got to just get the heck out of that environment and back into yeah. You know the the natural environment where people can honor emotions. Yeah, yeah. That, that comment you. specifically. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And um, is did is Janie on the line? I got a, a little announcement on my ear that. Annie? Yeah, Sarah? Hi. Hi, Sarah. And just shout out, I think you said that was Joe on the line just before me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, I so appreciate any time someone just shares what's actually happening and however long or briefly, I just want her to know that I witnessed that too and it can be really difficult when you're in your family environment. Um, so thank you to her for just saying what she was dealing with. Um, uh, I, I've just culti- tried to cultivate that sacred space within myself. So I really um, like to provide that for other people and, I think my, what 
I'm calling in is just to say how much just pausing, little pauses throughout the day for myself, um, just slowing my pace. Uh, and I'm a contemplative person, but I can really... Um, I'm here actually living with my parents and they have a, a different pace. And to be able to honor their pace, but also honor my pace, and in order to allow some of these emotions to, like you said, to continue to flow, I have to get really slow or just stop. And yeah. it takes practice. It's like it really takes practice, especially now. It takes practice to center, like the eye, I keep imagining being the eye of a storm, it's a really helpful image for me, or just like a a whirling, I'm kind of the center of a whirling fan, you know, that's <laughs> spiraling out, yeah. and, yeah. but just, the, just pausing, just pausing throughout the day, really simple, just taking that time. Really nice. Yeah, really nice, great, great, um, great practice, great thing to share, and so simple, Janie. Thank you. Yeah, really beautiful. Just stopping to even see and know and feel what we're feeling, and exactly. and yeah, you know, we're all like completely different solar systems in terms of the way we experience and um, perceive the world. You know, from person to person to person. It, it's a miracle that we even find common ground, you know? We're all so different. So really yeah. that ability to, to know yourself so that you can have space for the way somebody else may feel and not have it knock you out of your center, not have it be negotiable territory where you have to agree. It can just be a simple honoring yeah, um, we're going to have to end here pretty momentarily. But thank you, Janie. Yeah. Thank you, Joe, so <laughs> much for sharing. And um, yeah, I'm just going to. We're just going to wrap up here. Um, I just want to let everyone know our next broadcast is Friday, August 14th. It's every other Friday, 3 p.m. God knows what I'll be talking about because I never know uh, in advance. <laughs> That's part of living in the moment. Um, and the reality of the new earth. And um, I just want to ask you to please keep experimenting creatively with curiosity and innocence, the ever-present embodied heart and soul-based earth alive, feeling nature as a pioneer of the new earth. Thank you all for being here. Love and blessings. Have a great month.